This is Mary Lewis with A Tiny Homestead, the podcast comprised entirely of conversations with homesteaders, cottage food producers, and crafters. Today I'm talking with Christina at Dutch Oven Paws. Good morning, Christina. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm terrific. Um, So tell me about Dutch Oven Paws and tell me about yourself and what you do. So Dutch Oven Paws was created almost a year ago and I created it by accident. It's kind of a funny story. My mother-in-law has her cottage food license and she owns Dutch Oven Bakery up in Hinkley. And she was like, Christina, you're so crafty. Like you should think of some things to craft. And I was like, I, I don't know. And then of course, like all other crafters, we go down the hole and I slept on it that night and I woke up and I was like, well, since you have a bakery, I should do a dog bakery. (laughs) And then it all just kind of started from there. I started making dog bandanas and um, I posted it on social media, created a website. And next thing you know, I started craft shows, farmers markets, and now I'm in three local boutiques. And in the summertime, I do four farmers markets during the week. And then I rotate with craft shows as well. That's so fun. Um, I was looking at your Facebook page for Dutch Oven Paws and I didn't see a link to a website. What's the website? Oh, sorry. My Facebook page. I misspoke. Oh, okay. uh, Facebook website thing. Yeah. Sorry about that. That's fine. (laughs) I I try to do my homework before I talk to you guys because that gives me ideas for questions. So I was like, huh, website, what website? You should have a website though. It's really easy. I know. So many people tell me I should, but the problem is that I just don't want to grow too big too quick and not be able to support the customers I currently have. The customer base that I do have right now, they're very important to me. And so I would like to give them high quality ingredients and high quality merchandise um, as I can support it. Okay. So what what exactly do you make? I know you make the dog bandanas because I saw the pictures are really cute. And Thank you. you make, do you do like stuff for cats too? Or is it mostly dogs? Yes, I actually do catnip kickers. So I use Yi Wow catnip, which is uh, organic catnip that I especially order. And I make fun little shapes. Like for Valentine's Day, I have a little cat face that I embroider on a heart. And the cats just go nuts over them. Um, They last for six months. Um, I keep my prices super reasonable for my customers. So everyone can afford them. Um, they're just super fun and easy to make. Yeah, um, we were I, we were going to sell dried catnip at the farmers market this past year in 2023 uh-huh. because we have wild catnip growing under okay. our maple tree and in on the in the tree line, and it was so dry the catnip died. It didn't keep going. Oh, so I had I had no catnip to dry this spring oh. to sell to sell at the farmers market. And I said to my husband, I said, if the catnip actually starts coming up this coming spring, I said, uh-huh. can you make sure it gets watered? And that way maybe we'll have some to dry. And he, 
He said, did you, did you forget we had a bag? And I said, um, yeah, but that wasn't nearly enough to actually, you know, put in tins and label and sell. We would have been out of it in like three people buying it. And yes, we have barn cats who like bar, who like catnip. So we throw some by their dishes when we feed them now and then. So yes. I, had, I had to save some for the barn kitties because they're special. They are. I have um, one as well. So she's kind of my tester. Her name is Thelma. Oh, and t- that's how I test my products is with my own animals and see how they work and go from there. Yeah, we have we have barn cats. We do not have indoor cats. We did. And mm-hmm. the oldest one was ill and had had to be put down. And the other one decided that she wanted to be an outdoor kitty. So she became an outdoor kitty. So we no longer have any indoor cats. And so the barn cats are the ones that, that get treats if they get anything. Because they're actually friendly. We we didn't think that they would be, but they are. So Yeah. Okay. So, um... What else do you make? Because I know you make you make treats for for dogs too. Correct. Yep. So I try to keep all of my dog treats down to three ingredients. So I have apple trees at my house, and I get a lot out of my apples. And so I take my apples and I make unsweetened homemade applesauce from my trees. I make my own peanut butter with just peanuts, and then I take oats, and I make my own oat flour. Now, if I make like a flavor, like right now I'm doing um, strawberry dog treats for Valentine's Day, that's four ingredients. So then the flavor will be added from the strawberry, and that'll be four ingredients. So you know what your pets are eating, you know? Yep. Yeah. Um, my, my dad has a border collie who he loves more than he loves those kids. I swear sometimes. Yep. And, uh, her favorite thing on earth is pepperoni pizza. And when we got our puppy a little over three years ago, she was eight weeks old and we of course knew we were getting her. So I was talking with him about what you do with puppies. Cause he's had dogs all his life. And He was telling me all the tips and tricks that he had for what he'd done with his dogs. And then, like, I don't know, when she was about six months old, he mentioned that he, he, oops, said pepperonis. We're talking about something. Pepperoni came up. And I guess his dog, every time he says the word pepperoni, she sits at his feet and her ears come forward and she smiles and she wags her tail real hard because she loves pepperoni. And I said, Dad. I said, you know, pepperoni's not good for dogs, right? And he said, <laughs> oh, now that you've had a dog for four months, you're an expert. And I was like, I'm not saying that. I said, but that's really hard on their tummies. And he said, how do you know? I said, because I've done a bunch of reading because our dog has a really sensitive stomach and I wanted to know what was okay for her and what wasn't. Yes. And he says... You do what you need to do for your dog. He said, but I'm going to keep giving my dog pepperoni pizza because she loves it. I was like, okay. Yes. <laughs> Fine. Yes. But there are things that are not good for dogs. Um, garlic. Garlic is one of the big no-nos because it, it, mm-hmm. it can actually kill them if they get enough of it. 
I looked, mm-hmm. I looked it up. If they get like a little tiny piece, they're probably going to be fine. But mm-hmm. if they get hold of a whole head of garlic, they're not going to be, they're not going to be okay, most likely. No. Yeah. Same with cherries. You know, the actual flesh of cherries are very good for dogs. They're fine. I mean, I shouldn't say like very good, but they're good for them. Um, but you have to be careful because the stems and the skins and the pits will make them sick. So when it comes to things like that, I just won't mess with it. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I just do all my local ingredients from the farmers and stuff that I know are really good and healthy for them. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I don't want to turn this into what's good and what's bad for dogs. Yeah, no. <laughs> because, I mean, it's not that, not that big a deal, but it kind of no. is. Um, yeah. Our dog has had issues with her stomach at least twice now. We have no uh-huh. idea what made her sick, but she wouldn't eat and she was throwing up and she just had a bad tummy. And uh, when the first time it happened, I called our vet, who we love, and I said, what do I do? Because she's not eating. And she said, is she is she going to the bathroom? I said, yep. She said, okay, she's not blocked. She said, do you have burger, hamburger in your freezer? I said, yeah. She said, do you have rice? I said, yes. And she said, cook up the burger, cook up the rice, mix it together, give her half a cup, see if she keeps it down. And I said, we also have frozen butternut squash that was roasted with no seasonings, no anything um, in our freezer. I said, can I give her squash with the rice and hamburger? And she said, yes, do that because that's actually really good for them. So I made a big old bowl of this mix and she got the first half cup warm and ate it and did not vomit. And I was like, okay, at least she's eating. And then when I went to the fridge to get more for her, she came running out of the living room into the kitchen like, oh, you get to have the yummy food now. Yeah. <laughs> so if anyone has a, a dog with a sick tummy, that's that's what we did. And it worked. Yes. And squash is really good for them. I had no idea. Yeah. Pumpkin's really good on their tummy. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. And she's one of those dogs who loves cucumbers and zucchini and apple and banana loves a banana. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good that he loves banana because some dogs are picky with the banana, but I do still make banana treats. Mm-hmm. Yep, she mm-hmm. loves banana. We can't cry. We cannot pop the end of the banana open without her being right there for her bite. So <laughs> that's so fun. Yeah, she's a great dog, and I have talked about her more than I probably should in the twenty-one or 22 recordings I've done so far. I haven't actually released (laughs) those many, but in all the times I've talked with people, dogs always come up and I love her beyond life itself. So she always comes up. Yes. Yes, me too. I rescue and currently we have two dogs, um, a male and a female because they are pack animals. Um, I thought maybe two dogs was going to be too much, but it actually ended up being easier for me. So, um, yeah, they're my children. Um, Mm -hmm. I was never able to have children, so they are my kids and they're very much a part of the family. Yeah. Um, Maggie is our fifth kid. You know, she, (laughs) our dog is our fifth kid. And, I was absolutely not a dog person. Um, 
my my parents had three dogs when we were growing up and not all at the same time. They had a puppy when we first moved into the place that, that I grew up in. And he actually got hit by a car because he was bird hunting with my dad. Dad was trying to train him. And uh, they were on a dirt road and he got hit. Mm-hmm. And so, so, so that was the end of the dog whose name happened to be Lucky, which is, is not funny, but it's ironic. Right. Um, mm-hmm. The second dog we had was Shotzi, and she was, I think she was a Doberman-German Shepherd mix. I can't remember. And she was gorgeous. She she was a great puppy, but then she had a mean streak. It just came out of nowhere, and she went after my dad's best friend, who she'd known since she since dad brought her home. And that was the end of that. My dad was like, we cannot have a dog that's going to attack without any warning. That's not okay. And yeah. that was the end of her. And then they had a Samoyed. They brought home him home when I was 15. And Samoyeds are big, white, fluffy dogs when they're adults. And his name was Otis. And he was <laughs> a big love. And he lived to be about 15, 14, 13. Sorry, 13. And he actually died because he had cancer, of all things. So they were my parents' dogs. You know, it was nice to have them around, but we kids were not responsible that we were not the owners of these dogs. So when we found out we were going to live somewhere where we could have a dog, we decided to get a puppy because if she turned out to be not a good dog, that was our fault, you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, I had no idea how in love I would fall with this dog. We got her to be a watchdog that was the whole purpose because we live half a mile from our nearest neighbor and I really don't want people knocking on my door without knowing that somebody pulled in the driveway. So we wanted a watchdog and she has lived up to that, that expectation. She's fantastic. But even if she wasn't a good watchdog, I would still love her beyond any expectation I had of loving a dog. She yes. has, she's converted me. I used to yes. be a- cat person now I'm a dog person so that's that's good yeah that's why I end up talking so much about her because my heart just gets big when I talk about her yes yes and I relate so much with all of this too and it's so great just to be able to get out with the people and hear all the stories and that's what I enjoy the most is listening to everyone's stories, whether it's loss, I've cried with people before, or happy tears. It's just all fun. Yeah, it's amazing what brings people together. I mean, it it can be pets, it can be cooking, it can be gardening, it can be animal husbandry. Uh, it can be <laughs> anything. As long as you find your people, right. you, you've got someone who who commiserate who can relate it's it's great it's part of the reason I started this podcast because I don't really know I do know a few people who are homesteading and who are cottage food producers and who do crafting but but I don't know enough of them yeah to be able to call them up and be like I made this thing or we did this thing and it was great and they actually get it so yes yep That is true. I have made um, lots of friends 
in the little crafting community. And it's so fun to be able to share back and forth ideas and what do you think? Because sometimes not everything that I think the general public will think it's a great idea. So it's nice to have other people just to toss ideas around and yeah. see. That that sounding board, that, that reflection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I understand. I made a cake a couple falls ago. Never made a, a two-tier cake before. And I made it for me. I wanted a birthday cake, and my husband is not going to make me birthday cake. And my son, who still lives here, who is an adult, probably would have. But I really wanted to try to make a two-tier cake. I've never made one before. And uh, it, it didn't turn out great. It tasted great, but it was ugly. It was a very yeah. ugly cake. <laughs> and... Uh, my friend who lives like five minutes away, she came over a couple of days after I made it. And I said, do you want to see the ugly cake? And she's like, I do. And I showed her and she said, it's not ugly. It just looks like a Halloween cake. And I was like, that's a really nice way to say it. Yes. And she said, how'd it turn out? And I said, do you want to try it? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> so I cut her a little slice and she bit into it. And she was like, what is in the frosting? I said, almond extract. It was almond extract um, buttercream. And mm -hmm. she's like, this is actually really good. She said, you may not think it's pretty. She said, but it tastes amazing. I was like, okay, good. So I have the cake part down and the frosting part down. I just have to figure out how to make it pretty. So, yeah. so I actually had someone to bounce that one off of. But but it's it's hard when you're trying something new that you've never done before. Because you're like, eh, it's ugly as all hell. And then, eh, it's okay. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, we are our own worst critic. That's for sure. Um, oh, I always. make cakes too. And that's like a part of my doggy and me treats that I make. And people will always approach me and they're like, because I make the little single serving ones in the cups. I'm sure you saw on my Facebook. Yes. And people are like, hey, would you make me a cake for my birthday? And I'm like, I'll do individual ones, but not a big one because I don't make them look pretty. I just uh -huh. make them taste good. Yep. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I tried those little cups, those individual cupcake cups that you just put the, the batter in and stick on the cookie sheet and, and cook, bake. Yeah. And the only problem with them is it's really hard to decorate them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I um, was like, I'm going to break this thing as I'm holding on to it to try to pipe frosting on it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I see. Well, I get the like more sturdy tins, the more heavy duty ones. So they end up working really well for me um, so far. So I haven't okay. had any issues. So I must have not gotten the sturdy enough ones because I went to I went to turn it and, and grabbed it too hard and it smushed. I was like, uh oh, and it wasn't for uh, anybody. It was just for fun. But yeah, giggles and grins, as I heard someone say the other day. I love that. I'm doing this for giggles and grins. I just laughed. I thought that is great. Okay. So, so, okay. So you do, you do dog treats, but you also make things for people, for humans. Correct. Yep. Okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. Yes. So, um, like right now, right before you called me, I was just doing my dog brownies. Um, this weekend I have a pop-up at the round barn in Andover. So it's kind of like a, like a meet and greet. And so I'm doing like these cookie boxes for people and their dogs to enjoy for Valentine's Day. Uh -huh. So I do sourdough as well. So I'm making sourdough sugar cookies. 
And in the same shape cookie cutter, I will do dog cookies. And so that way people can enjoy a treat for them and a treat for their dog too. Um, I'm also doing my little strawberry shortcake pound cakes. But then for the dog ones, I'll do the dog version one. And I kind of take the dog safe ingredients and try and make them look just like the human ones to match. So it's kind of a fun idea, like doggy and me treats. Yeah. You said sourdough cookies? Yeah, sourdough sugar cookies. Okay. I have a question about that because uh, yeah. I, I'm not a, I'm, I keep saying I'm not a fan of on this, this podcast and I should stop doing that. I, I'm not a fan <laughs> of sourdough bread. I just, I can't get past the tang of it. Uh-huh. So is there that tang in the cookies too? You can. Um, so it all just depends on what you feed your starter. Um, so since I use it for baking, what it does with the baking for me so I make sourdough brownies, right? It keeps the brownies super fudgy. It gives them this texture and this taste that is just like out of this world. If I make a pan of brownies, my whole house eats them before I even can see them, you know? Yep. Yep. That's how much they're loved. And so with the sourdough sugar cookie, it just depends on how long you ferment them, you know? Okay. So if you don't want them to be as tangy, just ferment them for three hours instead of the 72. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. My, my husband actually likes sourdough bread uh-huh. and almost loves sourdough bread. I, I do not understand. And, um, <laughs> and he <laughs> said the other day he'd like to try making sourdough bread. And I said, well, you might want to get a starter started because that's kind of part of it. Yeah. And, he said, how do you do that? And I said, you Google it. And I said, I don't actually know. I said, I'd have to look it up. I said, do you want me to look it up for you? And he's like, yeah. So that's on my list of things to do today is to look up how to do a sourdough starter. And he, he, said, uh, he said, will you try it if I make it? And I said, yes, but you have to understand that the odds of me liking sourdough bread, even if you make it, are slim to none. And he said, as long as you try it with an open mind, I was like, I will. I said, that's what I tell you guys all the time. So, of course, I will. I said, but don't be mad if I don't like it. And he's like, okay, I promise. I said, all right, cool. He he is the baker. He is the yeast mm-hmm. breads baker. I am not. Every time I try to do stuff with yeast, I end up killing the yeast. It doesn't matter what I do. I kill the yeast. So, he is the baker. <laughs> that's funny. So, someone gave me a really good tip for my sourdough starter and... Mm-hmm. It actually really works for me. Um, they said to name it. I was like, what do you mean name my starter? They're like, you have to name it. Think of like a name. A pet. Like a pet. Yes, yep. exactly. Because you literally do have to care for it and love it and feed Be it. it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we named our sourdough Rosie after um, we lost our dog Rosie about a year and a half two years ago and so uh-huh. we named it after her okay so it's kind of fun because we'll be like did you feed rosie today uh-huh my, my husband will be like no but do you want me to and i'm like yes feed rosie <laughs> i will tell Bye. him that he'll get a kick out of it um so i have two things and i want to forget either one of them so remind me the second yes. one the first one is um i'm assuming that dutch oven 
Paws got named that because your last name is Dutcher. Correct. And second question is, actually it's not a question, it's a it's a, an aside about brownies. You were saying that the sourdough makes them really fudgy. Mm-hmm. Um, Ina Garten. Garten is a popular chef or baker who's on like the Food Network and stuff. And yep. she has a recipe for a recipe for brownies and they're called outrageous brownies. Okay. And uh, back many years ago, I asked one of my sons what they wanted for the birthday cake. And I don't remember which one it was, but he says, I don't want birthday cake. And I said, what do you want? He says, I want a really good brownie. Yeah. And I was like, okay, like a pan of brownies. He said, yeah, instead of a cake. I said, oh, Okay. So I looked up brownie recipes and I found this one called Outrageous Brownies. And I looked at the ingredients and I was like, yeah, you'll eat a bite of these brownies and be a house. But that's okay because it's a birthday thing. They they have, I think there's six eggs. There's more than a pound of chocolate chips in it. There's coffee. There's sugar. There's butter. Mm-hmm. And yep. And I made this recipe, and I swear to you, they are the most amazing brownies I've ever had in my life. They get yes. that, they get that shine on the top uh-huh. when they're done baking, and the crackle. Yeah, and then mm-hmm. when you get into the middle of it, it is like fudge. It's they're amazing. I I love these brownies. I don't make these brownies, but maybe once every two years because if I do, I will eat half a pan. That's how yummy <laughs> they are. Right. So I'm assuming the sourdough brownies are gooey, fudgy like that. Correct. Yep. Yep. And I might have to check out her recipe and kind of maybe add some sourdough to it and check it out since you know it's so good. Oh, they're so good. My husband has taken um, pans <laughs> to his former workplace in the past and and just been like, my wife made brownies here. <laughs> and people people eat them. Hang on one second. Yeah. I got a terrible tickle. You're fine. <clears throat> and they will come up to him the next day and say, or they would come up to him the next day and say, when is your wife going to send him more brownies? And he would say, I don't know. She only makes them once in a while and we don't need to eat a whole pan. So I bring them in and they're like, would she make me a pan? And my husband would be like, <laughs> do you have $50? Are you right? <laughs> They're like fifty dollars for a pan of brownies, and he explained the ingredients and how much they cost uh-huh. and time to put into it. Yeah, they're like, oh, oh my! I didn't realize that it's that expensive to make them. Yeah, and he said, yeah, quality ingredients and and chocolate especially is expensive. Correct. Yep. So he would yep. he would inadvertently educate them about the fact that when you're doing it from home. It, mm-hmm. it it costs time and it costs money. <laughs> it's not like yeah. A... There's no Hershey's cocoa powder in here. That's what I tell people. <laughs> yeah, I had to actually get the bitter, the the unsweetened baker's chocolate for these brownies, and that's not cheap either. So, so he said it's not like she's buying a box mix, adding an egg and some oil, and throwing it in the oven. Yeah, and I don't want to. I don't want to be ugly about it, but a lot of people don't realize that cooking from scratch is much different than buying a, a box mix and adding oil and 
an egg. <laughs> it takes time and it takes practice. Right. As as you know, I know you know. Right. Yep. <laughs> yes. Um, back to my name, though. Um, I'm just curious. What did you think about Dutch oven pots? I didn't know what it was at first. I it right. came through, it came through my Facebook feed. I don't know if it was suggested or sponsored or what, but I saw it and I was like, "What the heck is Dutch oven paws?" <laughs> and then I I clicked on on the name and it came up to your page and I saw the little mm-hmm. cat cat thing and then I saw the bandanas and I was like, "Oh, duh, paws. It's it's a pet thing." <laughs> So and, funny thing about it is that people are like, do you know what a Dutch oven is? I'm like, yeah, I do. It's a pan. It's pan. Or a fart in bed. That either way, either way it works for me, right? Yep. And then they start laughing and they're like, how many dogs fart in bed? I'm like, a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's why it works for me. So it's just kind of funny. But that's, yeah, you are yep. correct. You're like one of the first people that were like, I'm assuming – you named yourself Dutch Oven Paws because your last name's Dutcher. So, mm-hmm. well, That's I'm awesome. really, I'm really fond of naming things. I have a really good time when somebody's like, "I need a name for," and I'm like, "This." Um, <laughs> when uh, when we were getting pets when we first moved here, we ended up getting the kitten first because we had a older male cat that was our house cat, and. He needed a friend. He was lonely because his other friend had been sick and died. And um, when we moved in here, it was a brand new place to him. And he was just meowing all the time. And I was like, he needs a friend. So we were going to get a kitten. And we picked one out from our shelter. And um, she was a a, mm, tortoise shell. Oh, yes. Really pretty kitten. Mm -hmm. And... I don't know why, but I'm I'm not like a Bible reading religious person, but I've read the Bible a couple of times in my lifetime just for giggles. And I'm always taken with the names in the Bible. And so I said to to my husband, I said, uh, I said, I'd really like to name her Josephine and Joe for short. And he was like, why? And I said, Joseph and his coat of many colors. I said, she's got so many colors. <laughs> He's like, you're the least religious woman I know. Why do you keep doing this? And I was like, because it's cute. So, it is cute. So I ran it by my son, and he was like, I don't want to name her Joe. I was like, fine. I Joe's cute. I said, you want to name her Molly? And he was like, yeah, Molly's great. I was like, okay, fine. Her name is Molly. But in my head, her name was Joe. And then yes. you know, we're getting Maggie. And uh, I said to my husband, I said, uh, I said, I like to name her Maggie. I said, that's a real girly name. And she's a real girly looking mini Australian shepherd. She's so pretty. I said, the only other name I can think of is Lady. And I don't want to name her Lady. And he was like, why Maggie? And I said, Mary Magdalene in the Bible. He's like, what is with you lately? I said, there are cool names in the Bible. Yes. He was like, okay. He said, I think you're just poking fun. I said, maybe I am, but I still think that Maggie would be a great name. And he's like, I'm good with Maggie. Run it by Cameron. So I said, I would like to name the new puppy Maggie. I didn't even tell him the inside joke. And he's like, Maggie and Molly. Yes. So <laughs> I'm, I'm real big on, on choosing names that are either ironic or funny or perfect, you know? Yeah. 
I'm a, I'm really weird. Anyone who knows me will tell you I am weird. I'm really nice, but I'm weird. <laughs> That's me too. Me too. Me too. <laughs> so, so I feel like we're just yapping and I don't know that I've really drilled down on your business. You said it started a year ago. Yep. Almost a year ago. And you're having, and I start- oh, go ahead. I was going to say you're having success clearly. Yeah. Yeah. It's, definitely taken off way more than I thought it would. Um, and just because, you know, I made something and I thought it was cute for my pet. I just didn't realize that everyone else loves their pets as much as I do, which is so awesome to meet this community. But yeah, I started making cotton dog bandanas uh-huh. and eventually started making them with denim because our dogs, so we have a pit bull rescue And then we have a boxer and they're like messy. We live in the country. So they go outside, they roll in the dirt, you know, Mm -hmm. and they come in and they're dirty. Well, that bandana I just spent money on is now stained and ruined. So that's how I started with the denim. So I pick out like lightweight denim. And then instead of just slapping a sticker on it, uh, like a vinyl sticker, I embroider them. And the reason why I embroider them is so that they're long lasting and more durable. Um, That way people can just slip the bandana right off their collar and throw it in the laundry with their clothes and wash it. And it looks brand new again. Yeah. So much more durable. Yeah. Yeah. Maggie. And I have a lot of, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say Maggie had a little bandana when she came to us because uh, her, her human parent, who is one of our friends, made bandanas for all the puppies and uh-huh. and it was real cute and what she did is she put the the, the bandana in with mom where mom would lay down at night uh-huh. so the bandana would smell like mom oh that was great except that maggie figured out how to pull it off like the the second day she was here uh-huh. she, she figured out how to get it off and she was chewing it up mm-hmm. i was like oh we've hit the teething stage day two okay and she she really ripped it up, so it was not safe for her to have anymore. So that kind of went by the wayside. Yes, yes. But yeah, people- that's why I don't do the bandanas that tie because they can take them off mm-hmm. really easily or chew them up. Um, when you slip them over the collar and you buy the correct size for them, they shouldn't be able to get to them, and they don't even realize they have them on, which is yeah. nice for them and us. Um, but yeah, well, that's the whole idea behind the slip over the collar. Yeah, and that's great. I wish I wish hers had been because I would like to still have it. It was really cute. Um, but she was a velociraptor. She from basically the first week we had her until her grown up teeth came in. She chewed everything. She chewed my baseboards. If she could get a shoe, she would chew her shoes. That was it. And she had toys, and she would just tear her toys up within two days. Mm-hmm. I was like, you are clearly not, you're clearly not a dog. You are a dinosaur. Okay. <laughs> Once her yeah. teeth came in, she has been an absolute angel. She does not chew anything. Yeah. So go fig. Yeah. Um, so, so the bandanas, cool. The cat toys, yep. cool. The dog yep. treats, awesome. And um, not everybody knows this, but in Minnesota, you cannot ship baked goods anywhere 
but you can ship dog treats and cat treats now. It just just came into yes. law last year, I think it was. Yep. So yeah. So if people want to order from Christina dog treats, she can ship them. It's allowed. It's legal. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. And um, there is somebody out there that created a fake profile as me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a scam. So make sure that you look for the Facebook page with the purple logo that says Dutch Oven Paws. And that actually has pictures of stuff because I, I looked at the one that is not real. And there's hardly anything there. Right. But yours has lots of pictures of things that you're doing. So it's really you. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. no, I was I was so excited. I don't make treats for dogs and cats because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about making some for Maggie. And if they turn out nice, I might sell them. But I was very excited to see that people who do make dog and cat treats will be able to ship them now. Yes. Because I'm hoping that eventually we will be able to ship for people too, human consumption. I know. That Someday. would be great. Someday. Someday. Yes. That'd be great because I can ship cookies to my parents in Maine from Minnesota so they can have them as a treat and it's fine. But I can't, yeah. I can't sell ship it them if someone bought them. Correct. It makes me crazy and I know it makes you crazy and it makes every cottage food producer crazy. And I've talked on. <laughs> To many people who are like, it just is not great that we can't ship. Right. But having said that, really thrilled that the cottage food producers thing exists and that we can sell at farmer's markets and we can sell from our homes and we can take baked goods to someone and they can give us money and we hand them the goods and they hand us the money and it's a legal exchange. I think that's fantastic. Yes. I agree. So, yeah, um, we've been talking for 37 minutes. I feel like we've probably covered the bases, and I try to—I really do try to keep these to half an hour. I had one yesterday, a conversation yesterday, hour and 10-minute long interview. Oh. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to have to, I'm gonna have to see if I can edit any of it out because I don't really think anybody's going to want to listen to me and, and the other person yap for an hour. It's a lot. So, um. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me, Christina. Um, you're the first. I, t- I did I did talk to um, Becca, and she's the one that wrote the children's book. Her, her podcast is out in the world. And I feel like writing books is a, is a craft. But mm-hmm. you're the first person that I've talked to who is actually crafting physical things. So you have the... The honor and distinction of being my first interview with a (laughs) Yes, it's fun. It is fun. And yeah, I have lots of stuff. So that's the only downfall. But, you know, as long as you keep your mess organized and you figure out what you're doing. And you can find what you need to make the thing. That's exactly it. Because when I first started... My house looked like a tornado of fabric. Uh-huh. But once you figure it out, it's yeah. really easy to organize and keep it going. I understand. We started making candles and lip balms and soaps last spring, and my kitchen looked like a supply company went off in it for about a month and a half. I was so yep. frustrated. I'm like, honey, you, we've got to find a place to put these supplies. They cannot live in my kitchen. And <laughs> and he was like, well, we have the 
landing upstairs, I could put bookcases up there. I was like, please do. Please. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a sickness, but, but when you are a crafter and when you get supplies in, it's like Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then you, you use some of them to do the things. And then you mm-hmm. have leftover supplies and you're like, this is no longer fun. This is, this is now a problem that I need to solve. Where do these live? <laughs> right. Exactly. So. I just never thought in a million years that fabric was going to be so exciting and so fun. I get into a fabric store and I could spend hours and it's terrible. But one day we're going to build an outhouse, an outbuilding. Yeah. And an outhouse too, probably. (laughs) Yeah. And then I can just do everything out there. Yes. Yes. We have a, uh, we have a farm stand shed. And in the wintertime, it doesn't get used for anything because we're not growing anything. And so my husband put a lot of the stuff in the farm stand shed for the winter. And I was like, yay, it's out of my house. Thank you. Yes. (laughs) And you're talking about fabric. You could spend hours in a fabric store. Yep. Um, We ordered sample bottles of the the fragrance oils that we use for our candles. We ordered little sample bottles before Christmas to to smell the Christmas scents that, that we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Oh my! There were twelve separate samples that came in, and I opened every single one at my island in my kitchen and smelled every single one. And I was higher than a kite on happy, happy <laughs> for a day because I love all the scents with Christmas, and I really love um. Mm-hmm. When- Lingonberry and cranberry. Yeah. And those were some of the, the candle scents that we, we had to sample. And I was just like, oh, my God, it's only November and I'm so high on Christmas already. Yeah. So, And then you probably couldn't sleep at night because that's what happens to me. Um, I, I started thinking. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that kind of high because okay. we, we already made other candles with with them. Um, the fragrance oils from this company. So we knew it would work and we knew how to do it. So it, there was no anxiety or any of that wrapped in it. It was mm-hmm. just so fun to, to get the scents in the house. And my kitchen smelled like a Christmas bomb went off in it because it was all the Christmas scents. It was so fabulous. Yes. <clears throat> all right. So anyway, I'm, I'm actually going to end this here, but it's the Minnesota goodbye. I know. And I actually didn't grow up in Minnesota. I grew up in Maine and that doesn't happen in Maine. But I have apparently been assimilated to the Minnesota long goodbye. All right. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to talk. Yes. With Christina. Thank you. Thanks for finding me. Thanks for reaching out to me. And I wish you luck with everything in the future. And you too. Have a, have a great day. You too, Mary. All right. Bye. Bye.